Welcome back, my beloved friends, to A Hope Kingdom Ministry. Here, we're giving you food for thought. Our intention is to give you something more to think about. And today, we are going to continue with the second half of Job. And we'll be focusing on Paul's thorn. The reason for focusing on Paul's thorn because it's used um, to excuse sickness. When they mention Job, they say, what about Paul? When you say, they don't, that doesn't happen anymore. What about Paul? Paul, he put sickness on Paul, just like he did Job. So let's uh, continue with this. And I'm going to be reading a my notes that I of, of the teaching, the papers I wrote on my teaching. Okay, all right, here we go. Paul's Thorn. I titled this section of my message Paul's Thorn because this is the very thing Christians use to prove, to try and prove, God gave them their sickness or disease to teach them something or to punish them for something they've done. They say, yeah, well, they say God gave Paul a thorn in his side to keep him humble. First of all, this thorn came because of the abundance of revelations Paul had received. And you can read 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10. Verse 7 says, it came lest Paul should be exalted so that Paul would not be exalted above measure, which is great, means greatly. The thorn was a messenger of Satan, so Satan sent it, not Yah. Bible would say not God. It is also believed that Paul's thorn in his flesh was his eyes, that he was going blind. They base this on the strength of Yahusha, Bible said Jesus, blinding him on the way to Damascus. Some say that Paul's thorn was a rare ancient disease which caused him to have runny, puffy eyes. No, that's not even in the scripture. But, you know, people can take something and run with it. I was also taught this lie that I believe comes straight from Satan himself. They fail to recall, to remember that the father, Yah, who known to Moses God, sent a disciple to heal Saul, and who later became Paul. So what are they saying? That our Heavenly Father's healing has an expiration date? That it, it didn't really work? It only worked for a little while? And no, it doesn't. His healings does not have an expiration date. This is, this misinterpretation, inaccurate explanation of Yah's word is not only causing Yah's people or God's people to live sickly and powerless. To have a powerless life, it's killing them. We have embraced and accepted cancer, diabetes, lupus, multiple sclerosis, polio, blindness, etc. 
as the work of Yahuwah Alua, the Bible will say, the Lord God, and not the prince of darkness. <laughs> not Satan. Beloved, scripture would call you saints. I say, family, children of Yah, our father, Yahuwah, whom you call the Lord, hates cancer more than you do. And he, he hates all diseases. <laughs> he really does. He hates all diseases that prematurely take the lives of his children, preventing them from c- completing his will. Yah, known to Moses God, wants you healthy. Yah wants you well. This is one of the reasons he sent his son. Hallelujah. Some translations say the thorn was given to Paul so that he would not become conceited or arrogant and proud instead of exalted. But listen to this verse. Um, I'll read it. God, Bible said, God magnified, exalted Joshua in the sight of his people. This is Joshua 3, 7. He he continued to do that with the people he used on and in the new covenant. When you say New Testament, new covenant, you know, Acts 5, 13. So that's Joshua 3, 7, where he exalted Joshua, which whose um, true Hebrew name is also Yahuwah, Yahusha. Yahusha, Joshua, and the Savior have the same name, actually. Look it up, it's true. Okay, I'll continue reading. <laughs> James 4.10, King James says, Humble yourselves in the sight of Yahuwah, Bible says the Lord, and he shall lift you up. The Orthodox Jewish Bible says, Be humbled before Hashem. Instead, instead of Yahuwah, Yahuwah, they have Hashem, and he will exalt you. Peter 5.6 says, Therefore, Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of Yah, Bible says God, that he may exalt you in due time. Hope this paper's turning's not too noisy. And in the Orthodox Jewish Bible it says, therefore be humbled under the mighty hand of Hashem. You know, Hashem in, in, means to, in uh, modern Hebrew, the name. You know, because they believed in not saying his name. I say, so... Therefore, humble your, humble. Therefore, be humble under the mighty hand of Yahuwah, that you might be exalted in due time. So we see that the exalting spoken of is not a negative kind of of a thing. You know, the Bible will say godly, kind. I would say righteous. It's not negative, but righteous. That just further strengthens the fact that the thorn was not Yah's doing. The messenger of the messenger of Satan to buffet me. This is an explanation of what the thorn was. It was not a thing. It was not a. De- it was not a thing. It was a demonic messenger. The word used as messenger here is always translated as angel or messenger and refers to a created being. 
So when you say, we say angels, but they're known, they're messengers. They're his um, ministering messengers. Angels are referred to in heaven as messengers. So remember that. It was a demonic messenger that was sent to Paul. So Paul's thorn was really a demon sent from Satan to buffet him. The word buffet means to strike repeatedly as waves would buffet the shore. How did this demonic force continually strike Paul? Traditionally, it has been taught that it was with sickness. And the thing that made many accept this is the use of the words weakness and infirmity in verses 9 and 10. In Second Corinthians verse 9 and 10. Second Corinthians chapter 12 verses 9 and 10. Infirmity definitely means sickness and is used that way in 1 Timothy 5.23. But that is not the only meaning of the word. The number two definition is any lack or inadequacy. For instance, Rome 8.26 says, The Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. In this case, the context makes it clear that it is not speaking of sickness, but of not knowing what to pray for. If we look at the context of Paul's thorn in the flesh, we find that infirmity does not mean sickness in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, and 10. In 2 Corinthians eleven thirty, Paul uses the exact terminology of glorifying in infirmities. This is used just a few verses later in speaking about this thorn that they're talking about, his side. In his side, in the 11th chapter, he had just finished listing what those infirmities were. In verses 23 through 29, he lists such things as imprisonment, stripes, shipwrecks, and stonings. Stonings. None of these speak of sickness. I'll say them again. These infirmities were imprisonment, stripes, shipwrecks, and stonings. None of these speak of sickness. Verse 27 mentions weakness and pain, painfulness, which some have tried to make it mean sickness. But it is just as possible he could have been weary and suffered painfulness from such things as being stoned yeah, and left for dead. That's in Acts 14, 19. All these things listed in 2 Corinthians 11, chapter 11, refer to the persecutions, the persecutions as infirmities. So in context, Paul's thorn was a demonic angel or messenger sent by Satan, which continually stirred up persecution against him. This is also verified by three Old Testament references. And that's number, you can, I'll, I'll just give them to you. You can write it down, Numbers 33, 55, Joshua 23, 13, and Judges 2, 3. Where people are spoken of as being thorns in your sides and 
thorns in your eyes. Paul asked Yahuwah, Bible says the Lord, to remove persecution from him, not sickness. And Yahuwah told him his grace was sufficient. His grace was sufficient. We are not redeemed from persecution. And Paul later stated that when he said in 2 Timothy 3.12, hold on, turn. All that will live righteously, Bible says godly, in Yahushua HaMashiach, Bible says Jesus Christ, shall suffer persecution. I'll read it how it was in the Bible. All that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. That's in your Bible, in your scripture. Most gladly, therefore, he glorified in persecutions, in reproaches, in necessities, and distresses that the power of Yahushua Mashiach, Bible says Christ, might rest upon him. As 2 Corinthians 12, 9. The word glory in an old English word is an old English word which means to have dominion over or command. It is used in Exodus 8, 9, where Moses told Pharaoh to glory over him or command him when to destroy the frogs. So when Paul spoke of glory, glorying in these infirmities or persecutions, he was speaking of victory even in the midst of continual harassment. Did you get that? The word glory is an old English word which means to have dominion over or command. It is used in Exodus 8-9 where Moses told Pharaoh to glory over him or command him when to destroy the frogs. So when Paul spoke of glorying, glorying in these infirmities or persecutions, he was speaking of victory even in the midst of continual harassment. In Acts 14, 19, Paul was stoned and left for dead. I believe he was dead. He, they know how to make sure you're dead. They're not going to make a mistake like that. But Yah, Bible says God, raised him up. And the next day, he walked at least 20 miles into the next town and started preaching again. Yahuwah, Bible says the Lord, did not stop the persecution. But Yah's strength was certainly made perfect in Paul. In Paul's weakness, in verse 9. Can you imagine what those that stoned him must have thought? They could see Paul's humanity in the cuts and bruises but they could also see the supernatural strength of Yahuwah flowing through him. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Verses 10. And think about it. He must have looked terrible when he went, you know, he got up and walked all that way, at least 20 miles or more to preach after that. You know, he had knots and bruises on his head and and blood on his face. I mean, he he looked a mess. They stoned him to death. I do believe to death. And Father brought him back. 
see, where am I? Okay, there are two other passages of scripture that those who believe Paul's thorn in the flesh was sickness have tried. Let me see. There are, excuse me, there are two other passages of scripture that those who believe Paul's thorn in the flesh was sickness have tried to use to verify that. One is Galatians 4, 13 through 15. Here Paul says that he preached the gospel to these Galatians through an infirmity of the flesh. And in verse 15, he makes reference to these people being willing to poke out their own eyes and give them to him. But let's look at who Paul was speaking to when he said this. I want to go, before I go, I want to go back to, I made some notes. (laughs) Yeah. And before before I do that, I want to say this uh, on my notes. When, you know, when Paul said, this is what I wrote my notes. When Paul said, I know you will pluck out your own eyes from me. It's like us saying, I know you will cut off your right hand, your right arm from me. If you could to help me. Now, does that mean they would cut off their arm for them? No. And if they did, would that help them? Cutting off their arm and giving it to them, would that help them? No. In, oh, no. And that's exactly what we're talking. It's an idiom. We've got to get away from all these wife tales and traditions and lies of man, lies of man plotted by Satan, lies and ignorance of man, lack of knowledge, which is lack of knowledge. So remember, you know, oh man, I cut off my right arm to get that. You know, I know you pluck out your eyes. That and that was spoken in. Um, I don't know the scripture in the old te- Old Testament as well. It's an idiom. Okay. I know I'm going everywhere. Stay with me. <laughs> okay. I'd say I, I just go back. Here Paul in Galatians 4, 13 through 15. Here Paul says that he preached the gospel to these Galatians through an infirmity of the flesh. And in verse 15, he makes reference to these people being willing to poke out their eyes and give them to him. But let's look at who Paul was speaking to when he said this. He was writing to the people who live in the region known as Galatia. Galatia or Galatia. Mm -hmm. The incident we read about earlier where where Paul was stoned and left for dead happened in Lystra. A city of Galatia. The next day, Paul walked to Derby, another city of Galatia, and began preaching unto them. I'm sure he had runny, puffy eyes along with multiple cuts and bruises, but they were not in the result of some disease. They were the result of having just been stoned. I'm sure he was swollen because, you know, they went for the head because they wanted to kill you. They want to kill, when they stoned you, they want to kill you. Break bones and to kill you. So they aim for your face and your head. All right. The next scripture used to say Paul's thorn was bad eyes is also in Galatians chapter 6, verse 11. It says, Ye see how large a letter I have written unto you with mine own hand. People have said, 
Paul's eyes were so bad that he had to write in large letters. And this is what he was making reference to. That is only superstition, a supposition. You know, they suppose that's what it was. And not a very good one. (laughs) At that. It is a lot more credible to believe that he was simply referring to a long letter he had written to the Galatians. Traditions and superstitions of men. A long letter. He wrote a long letter. But think about it. If he had to write everything in these big, huge letters, can you imagine how heavy that, that uh, and how many papers he would have to bring to when, when he was sending his writing, his letters, epistles or letters? It would be so much. It would be stacks and stacks and stacks. It would be very hard for them to to carry and to bring into the into the next town. Okay. Ah. All right. Scriptures you should know and believe. Matthew 9.35 Then Yahusha, Bible says Jesus, went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Okay? Every sickness and every disease. Mark 16, 17 through 19. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. 18. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Now, some people want to teach that was only for the apostles then. No, no, that was for him and and others after them. All believers, that's for us. Remember, he also sent 70, was it 72 out? They had the same power to do the same thing. And remember, the disciples say, we caught, we found someone else. He was casting out demons in your name, but he's not with us. And the Savior said, don't stop it. Don't forbid him if he's not against us. He's with us. He's for us. So there goes that myth out the window. And Luke nine, Luke ten nineteen. Uh, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the powers of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. All the powers, sickness, disease, curse. He gave us. He gave us the authority to for all the power. But if we don't believe it, it's not going to work. It's according to the power of faith and belief, belief that you have inside of you. Okay, John 14, 12. Verily, verily, truly, truly, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, so shall he do also, and even greater things shall he do. He was saying, we'll do even greater because he's going on to his father. So, sickness was meant meant to be healed. I mean, he sent his son to heal all sickness and disease. He healed everyone that came to him. 
Nobody came to him for deliverance or for healing and left unhealed. Not one. If they were not healed, it's because they didn't come to him for, or they didn't believe and come to him. You know, because he said in his own town, he couldn't do a lot of things because of their unbelief. They weren't going to come to him. They didn't believe in him. Okay, and then I have this here written. Thorn in someone's side and thorn in someone's flesh. A constant, this is what it is, a constant bother or annoyance to someone. This problem is a thorn in my side. Wish I had a solution for it. John was a thorn in my flesh for years before I finally got rid of him. I mean, this these are just examples of sentences that I got when I was researching. Idioms. Thorn in one side. Thorn in one's flesh. A source of continual irritation or suffering. That child is a thorn in the teacher's side. An example of a sentence sentence. The phrase a thorn in the flesh means a persistent difficulty. It can also mean a persistent annoyance. Okay. Now I know this was <laughs> I, I, <laughs> oh, this was, I know this is hard to listen to. It's hard to it's hard to give it, you know, and then also going reading this. This was difficult for me, but I hope you got something from it. I'm just doing the best that I can do now. Every, you know, um, I don't know, maybe I mentioned it before, you know, but I was, Yahuwah, my father, Heavenly Father told me in September, in the September that I was going to go through hard times. But he would, don't worry, he would go through with me. And he has, and it has been hard time. I've been struggling with everything, with, you know, holding on to my peace, with being able to do the podcast, being studying when I speak, with finances, I have been, it has been, oh man, it's been really been hard. But I just hold on to that, but I will go through with you. See, he didn't remove it. And I know this too shall pass. Everything is for a season. There's a season of lack. There's a season of plenty. This too shall pass. So if you're going through something, listen to the word through, you're not going to be stuck there. You're not gonna you're not gonna stay there. And he never leaves you. And you know, we will go through hard times. We will be persecuted and we will go through hard times because the servant is not greater than the master. We live in a fallen world. And remember, Satan is the God of this world. Not of this earth he doesn't have he does not own the earth the earth is the footstool of the father hallelujah but satan is the god of this earth remember that and you want to know why all of this is happening because the god of this earth he's that god you know ours i'm sorry yahuwah is greater than a god he's the ruler of gods i never i used to call him god but i say why would he be in that bunch every Every religion, every pagan religion calls their deity God. And, you know, every idol is called a God. Rem family is called a God. Um, uh, Horus is called a God. All of them, they're called gods. Why would he be in that rat pack? No, he's Aulua. He's the all, almighty one. 
Yeah, that's 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 how I see it. That's how it is. He is Yahua Alua. That means I am the self-existing one, the almighty one. Not like Elohim means mighty ones, plural. But Alua means almighty one, singular. Singular. Okay, beloved, I hope this... Um, I hope you were able to listen. I'll try to listen to it. If it's if it's just too bad, if I was just <laughs> stammering or walking over my words, stumbling with my mouth, I'll try to redo it if I can. But if I can't, please look over. Look beyond my faults and see my needs, okay? And listen to my heart. Trying my best at this time, giving you, giving you the best that I have. This is doing the best. Every time, our best may, you know, sometimes your best may be 100%. Sometimes your best may be only be 20%. But know this, beloved. Your best is always good enough. You, you know why? <laughs> because you cannot do better than your best. You're doing your best may not get you to, cause you to pass the test, but you did your best. You cannot do better than your best. That's impossible. That's why I say your best is good enough. I know it's good enough for Yahuwah. Yahuwah, he knows when you're giving your best. So it's good enough for him. A lot of times for man, for humanity, it's not good enough for them. Oh, you should do better. Even some parents, the child studied their hardest and did their best, but they didn't pass it. You need, you got to do better. You can do better than that. I said, Mom, but I tried my best. I did my best. Not good enough. See, that's not true. Your best is good enough. Somebody needed to hear that. Your best is good enough. But just because you did your best doesn't mean you're always going to get the job. It doesn't mean you're always going to pass that test. Or you're, not, or you're you know, always going to get that record deal or that contract. It's, it's not up to just you doing your best. If that was the case, it would be a lot more successful people. There are other circumstances. All right. All right, beloved. Your best is good enough. And thank you for being here. Thank you. know, your family. If I didn't look at you as family, I, I could. there's no way I could upload this today. And I'm just transparent. This is it. This is me. <laughs> thank you again. Thank you for being here. And thank you for being one of the chosen few. And until we meet again, y'all willing, of course. Shalom. You know what, family? <laughs> it just put on my heart. I want to play that song, The Light. I had, I know I had it so, softer on the first half, so I'm going to end it. I'm going to pump it up. Hope it's not too loud for you, okay? We're going to end The Light. So I hope I brought some light on this situation. All right, see you next time. I know. I know. I know what it's like to be a captive. Yes, I know. I know. I know what it's like to be in bondage. 
to be a prisoner. I know what it's like to be in darkness, yes. Been there, done that. You hurt so deep inside. You've forgotten how to cry. No tears left in your eyes. I know what you're going through when you want to run away. You really can't face yourself when that day is done no, You've lost your way You have no hope for tomorrow Can't even look in the mirror Hold on, hold on Help's on the way Follow me into the light Prisoners of the night There's freedom where I'm going Follow me to the light Where we're setting captives free Freedom for you and me in the light. Follow me into the light. Prisoners of the night. There's freedom where I'm going. Follow me to the light where we're setting captives free. Freedom, yes, liberty for all. There is hope for tomorrow in the light. The light gives beauty for ashes. Joy instead of pain. Happiness for sadness. Yes, it's true. You see, I was a captive. Now I'm free. I've come back to free you. So come on. Follow me into the light. Come on. Prisoners of the night. Follow me, follow me. There's freedom where I'm going. Don't be afraid. Follow me to the light. Follow me. Where we're setting captives free. There's freedom for you. Prisoners of the night There's freedom where I'm going Follow me to the light Where we're setting captives free Freedom yet liberty for all I have been chosen I have been sent To tell all those in bondage the good news Freedom awaits you Freedom Yes, freedom, freedom. for all This message, freedom, freedom from the life freedom you've been accustomed to, has come. It doesn't matter what you've done or what others have done to you. Freedom, freedom is here. Yes. Freedom is here. Freedom awaits from you the in the light. No shame, no guilt, freedom. no more pain. Oh, freedom. There's love, peace, freedom hope. For freedom, all. oh freedom, so come, come. freedom come. is follow the light. To the light. Oh, let's get free, y'all. See you next time, family.